to Scary Basement. Each week, me and my friend Roxy are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this basement, wherein lurks every scary thing that has ever been, including giant ants, a bottle of what appears to be pus, a knife with a smaller, sharper knife hidden in the handle, and a big Cujo sort of dog wearing a cute little Halloween costume of a fireman. I'm Mikey McCaller. That dog is very cute. And I'm Roxy Polk. <laughs> Roxy, stop petting the dog. We got to start out, as we Aww. always do, with the scariest thing we saw this week. What went down in your life outside the scary basement that spooked you to your very bones? So the thing that spooked me this week, Mikey, was more of just a huge bummer, kind of. Oh. And that bummer is that the Tokyo Game Show coverage, kind of <laughs> lame. Kind of lame this year. I woke up specifically, you and I both woke up specifically to cover a lot of gaming news stuff this week. I did a 4 a.m. stream, which I have never done before, because I was like, hey, is Konami going to announce something? They said they were going to announce something. And then it was just a man in a fedora walking around a convention hall talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! with some bored booth babes sometimes playing Yu-Gi-Oh! And that it. was just one of the many of <laughs> multiple uh, letdowns that made it a very boring event to cover, but it was very fun to hang out and chat with people at least, but man, was not I worth getting up at 4am, is what I will say. I think you're right to say that like it's very scary to like alter your schedule to like put yourself out there to make yourself available for like an event and then the event is a letdown like i almost feel like next time you'll be afraid to cover something that might be cool because you'll be like what if this sucks i mean i don't think i'm gonna cover tokyo game show for sure because it's like it it's happening in japan time so that's why i had to wake up at crazy time so like mm. i'm sure you and me will cover the game awards and that will be like at a normal human hour for right. american folks so even even if it's like that, I'm not as inconvenienced, especially because, like, like I said, it's fun to talk about this stuff even when it sucks, um, because that's still something to talk about. And you're still, like, hanging out with people on stream and everything. Yeah, so, streaming is fun. Could have been worse, I guess, but damn. <laughs> anyway, what was uh, the scariest thing that you had to encounter this week, Mikey? Mine is similarly a video game thing, but a very oh, specific oh. video, video game thing. Uh-huh. Killer Croc makes an appearance in Batman Arkham City. And uh, you you have this little, like, you'll throw a Batman Batarang that's very cool, and the camera, like, follows the Batarang, and it hits a switch, and then the wall explodes, and Killer Croc jumps out at you. And Roxy, <laughs> when I tell you I screamed and jumped, <laughs> I screamed and jumped. I have seen this because Kevin clipped it, and yes. it is on your Twitch channel, and I'm sure we'll probably put it in the show notes, a link to this. Yes. Yeah, he just Kool-Aid mans through the wall, and I didn't think that was a thing that Killer Croc could do. <laughs> Or any villain could do in this movie that movie. Sorry, excuse me. This game that it can just jump scare you like that. It scared me a lot. I do have the clip Sounds put terrifying. up by Kevin and. Whoa! The demon bot Kool Aid Man through the wall too. He knows your weakness, Mikey. He knows how to get you. <gasps> Greetings, Mikey and Roxy. <laughs> hi, rude, but hi. <laughs> This week you were assigned the 2007 film Paranormal Activity. Did you watch the film? Roxy, I did watch the movie Paranormal Activity. Did you? Yes, did I. Yes, I also watched Paranormal Activity. Then you may keep your souls. For now. <laughs> he jumped through a different spot in the wall. So now we've just got two holes in the wall. You know, two he's the one giant that has holes. to... He's the one that has to patch that up later, I'm sure. Not us. That's so, very true. 
But as our demon butler, I don't know if he's going to do the act himself or if he's going to hire a contractor. But it is still on his plate. As a butler, it is my duty to ensure the common areas of the scary basement are tidy. As such, I will order the demon bot housekeeping staff to clean this up shortly, as my job does not involve actually doing the cleaning. I do appreciate how committed to the bit he was, though. He did it twice. So. It was cool. <laughs> Roxy, we watched Paranormal Activity. Just in case there's anybody listening up at the basement door who has not seen the film, what do you say we do a quick plot recap? Let's do it. Let's go. Paranormal Activity opens on Katie and Micah in a found footage sort of <laughs> camera style. They're an average couple who has gone through a number of creepy occurrences in their new house. Micah has bought a camera hoping to capture some of the titular paranormal activity they've experienced. But Katie is none too pleased with what she sees as a taunt from her boyfriend to this unknown haunting. She believes that this creature, whatever it is, has been following her since she was eight years old. Mika sets up a camera in the couple's bedroom and captures a number of creepy occurrences, including unidentifiable sounds and doors that move on their own. This leads Katie to call in a psychic, Dr. Fredericks. He comes in and tells Katie there is obviously something not of this world in the house, but it's not a ghost, which is where he specializes. To deal with the creature they've encountered, which is a demon, Katie and Mika will have to contact Dr. Frederick's demon-loving colleague. He loves them. Mika asks why they can't just give the demon what it wants, and Dr. Fredericks tells him it's because what it probably wants is Katie. Uh-oh. Mika decides Dr. Fredericks is a crock and makes Katie promise she won't call the demonologist guy. Katie agrees, but says that she will give the guy a ring if the unexplainable keeps going on. And guess what? Unexplainable things do keep going on. <laughs> One night, Katie wakes up, stands by the bed for two hours, and then goes outside. When Mika tries to get her to come in, she refuses. Worst of all, the next day, Katie doesn't remember any of this. Now, Dr. Fredericks told Mika not to get a Ouija board to try and communicate with the supernatural intruder, who would only see it as a joke. When Mika here brings up the idea of getting a Ouija board, though, Katie makes him promise he won't do so. And yet... Mika breaks his promise because he is a louse. He proudly shows off his Ouija board to the camera. This guy just absolutely the worst. Uh, <laughs> this causes a big fight between Katie and Mika, who, like, objectively betrayed her when he <laughs> said he wouldn't do the thing and he did it, uh, trying to argue that he borrowed it, not bought it. Ugh. Uh, both of them then storm out of the house so fast they forget to turn the camera off. Thus, it records the Ouija board coming to life on its own. Spelling out a phrase Mika will later translate to goodbye, Deanna, and lights on fire. The next day, though, the Ouija board is fine. The next night, though, Mika is ready to take matters in his own hands by catching the demon himself. He pours powder on the floor, hoping to catch the demon's footprints. And when those footprints do materialize, he and Katie follow them up into the attic. There, Mika finds a picture of Katie as a child, and it's burned around the edges, as though the demon's been carrying it around since Katie's childhood fire that she had when she was like, what, 10, 11? Eight? I, who cares? Not important. She was a little <laughs> girl. Uh, finally, Katie tries to call the demonologist, but the guy's out of town? What the fuck? Great. <laughs> okay, when they bring back the psychic, Dr. Fredericks, our guy pieces the hell out of there. Sensing the demon's anger. He's at least apologetic about bailing, though. And then, when Katie and Mika go to bed, Katie is all of a sudden pulled out of bed by an unseen creature and dragged down the hall, screaming. The next morning, Katie is desperate to get out of this house. Until, all of a sudden, she says through a slightly distorted voice, she wants to stay. 
That mm. night, Katie once again crawls out of bed and stares for hours, but this time she's looking at Mika. Eventually, Katie goes downstairs and, after a beat, screams at the top of her lungs as if she's being murdered. Mika wakes up, as you expect someone would, runs downstairs, the screaming continues, and I assume we're ending on a mystery. Oh no, soon, Mika's body flies through the air, crashes into the camera, his lifeless body falls to the ground, all crumpled up, and then Katie enters, covered in blood. She looks over Mika's body and smells it before noticing the camera. She looks into it, smiles, and then lunges, her face having turned into the face of a demon. And Roxy, that's Paranormal Activity. That is the movie Paranormal Activity. Wow. Big scary stuff here. This is all found footage. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I don't know. I thought it had like a really good uh, way of creating tension with not that much information. I was like, like stressing out this entire movie. A lot of what this movie relies on for that is like showing empty doorways and having you, when, when is the thing going to happen? When, when is mm-hmm. it going to do the thing that is going to scare me? So a lot of that just has you kind of like tensed up preparing for whatever, whatever could be happening. There is, uh, I, I think we've talked about this before, this idea that a good jump scare like communicates to you that something is about to happen. You just don't know when. And it's about playing with yeah, that. Yeah, so it's increasing your dread. Yeah, that tension yeah. of like, oh, are we going to get there? And this movie is great about it. We get a lot of, I, I would say it's like a pretty iconic shot of like the camera set up in the corner of the bedroom. Yeah. And you can see the bed and the open doorway. And honestly, like everything that has, there's been so many movies that have taken inspiration from this movie. It's a little bit of the Rosemary's Baby Blair Witch thing where so many movies afterwards decided to copy or iterate on it that um, you've seen mm-hmm. a lot of this before. So it can be hard to remember that, yeah, this was the one that started all that kicked it off that made it a bigger deal to do these types of movies and then spawned into like a crazy franchise of its own when these folks didn't mean to do that. It was a very budget movie that they just made like at their house, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of returns this movie made were insane. And like the distribution model they did was crazy too. I actually saw this movie in theaters, Mikey. Because if you remember how this movie was distributed, they were like, oh, it's too scary to distribute normally. So we're only going to, like, have midnight showings in a few select states. So it was, like, getting people (laughs) amped up to be like, okay, it's this movie that is, like, a special thing that you can only see in certain places. It's, like, got to be so scary because look at the Mm -hmm. marketing they're doing around it. To the point where trailers didn't even show, like, the movie content itself. They were showing the crowd reacting to it and being, like, terrified. Mm. And so that was a big angle. So when I eventually got to see it, it was, like, so hyped up beyond belief that when me and my friends did go see it, I don't personally think it lived up to the hype. Oh, interesting. I was kind of a little let down by it. And then rewatching it again like this, I think, like I said, it's easy to forget that, like, this kind of established a lot of these tropes that have just been, like, done to death. It's not Mm -hmm. like it was the first found footage movie or anything, but it was the first one that made this kind of splash and did this kind of, like, style to it. So I was Mm -hmm. kind of bored watching it again this time around. Personally, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I don't think that was... I guess I could see it. If you know what's going to happen and you're already coming into it where, like, I I know there's not going to be... Like, I kept thinking, like, what is the big, for lack of a better term, set piece going to be of this movie? Yeah. What is going to be the big, like... At at some point, somebody's going to get 
stabbed or sliced or I've also seen a lot of this uh ripped I've apart. seen a lot of the sequels as well too which just like keep amping it up instead of trying to maybe be a little bit more realistic about it so what I can say is kind of mm. the point of being bored about it kind of speaks to also how it feels a lot more real in a way and kind of like hmm. like this is actual found footage yeah and that's something I actually wanted to so, talk about it, it's to the movie's credit a little honestly <laughs> even though I'm saying it yeah even even hearing you describe like we can only show this movie late at night, we can only show you the crowd reacting. Yeah. There's this term in professional wrestling uh, called kayfabe. Okay, this sounds where familiar. You may have told me this, but I don't remember what it is. I have unfortunately talked to you at length about pro wrestling. Before. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say unfortunately, um, but I'm surprised I didn't remember that. Uh, so please, please do go on. But kayfabe is the idea that like. You protect kayfabe, right? If you have a feud with an opponent, and obviously pro wrestling is fake. I hate to break it to you, Roxy. It's a drama. It's um, a human drama, Mike. But, like, you wouldn't in real life. You used to, like, if you were feuding with a wrestler on screen, you wouldn't travel to the next town with them because that would break kayfabe. Mm, you okay. want to protect. Kayfabe is like this constructed reality that they are putting on okay. screen. And something that I think this movie does, it sounds like they were doing with their marketing campaign by only playing it at midnight. And also, like, the very first thing we see is, like, Paramount Pictures would like to present this footage in as close to an unaltered state. Or, I yeah, they exactly have like a little wrote, blurb like, at the beginning and the end to like try and legitimize it to be like, with respect to the families, we're showing this in case you know anything. This is from the police or whatever. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Please contact the yeah. police. There's a, it's, they're crafting kayfabe. They're trying to, in subtle little ways, make us believe that this is real and I would, I've always argued that the same thing that's fun about professional wrestling is the same thing that's fun about like The Bachelor. It's like you have kayfabe, which is this wrestler's going for the championship. This woman wants to find the love of her life. But then you also know that that's not the truth. And you know that uh, the championship is decided by uh, the booker who's going to win the match. And you know that the producers are telling the bachelorette who to give roses to. But finding out where those things meet and where they intersect Wait, Mikey, is, like, really interesting. The Bachelorette is fake? I'm sorry, what? Oh, that's the one that's going to hurt your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that means love isn't real, Mikey. It's totally... I would I, argue I, that I the totally Bachelorette thought is... the Bachelorette was a real reality show where real people fall in love <laughs> for real and get married for real. I, I think the Bachelorette specifically is interesting because it's a little more real. Okay. Like, there is... I actually like, did assume that they were picking on their own actually but now that you were saying it's like yeah it totally yeah. makes sense that it would just be they're picking it by studio choice yeah there are definitely times when you can tell somebody has come in and said don't send that guy home yet he's funny well i could understand you can that tell, like, like leading up to the end but i would assume that at least by the end of it they are picking someone they actually like but maybe yes. maybe they're not <laughs> i understand keeping around but the it, I, the villain of the show or somebody who's interesting yeah, we, we we in the Bachelor fandom call them producer roses, okay. but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Our Bachelorette podcast, uh, uh, Romance Basement, is not launching yet. Uh, but I, I think this movie, like, th because the performances are really good. They like, feel very these two real. people, I buy them as a couple. Yeah. yeah, I buy them as a couple. I like them. Um, Katie specifically is like a person I know. Like the way she kind of reacts to and is giggly about sex but is still like kind of shy about it like it felt very well, especially real to me it's on the way camera she... like mika is being a jackass he he asked multiple times i didn't remember him being this pushy but he asked multiple times for her to like make a sex tape and then at one point he yeah he puts the camera point at her and she's like wait the light's on it's still recording and he's like no it's on standby yeah. 
he he's like trying to yeah. lie to her so he can get his sex tape anyway that he wants. And it mm-hmm. isn't until she asks and like pushes for it like maybe three times to be like, no, I know it's on. I don't want to do that. That he finally is like, okay, yeah. I'll turn it off. And then he turns it on right afterwards no. and is like, man, this girl is an animal. And she's like, hee hee, okay, <laughs> covering her face. It's very uncomfortable, yeah. but also feels like that's the kind of thing this douchebag guy would do, you know? Yeah. He is control mad. I think yeah. and that's like, he's truly the villain of this. He piece, is. I would argue. Yeah, more so like, than the demon. He is, he is obsessed with control. Yeah. He, he wants to feel like he is in control to the point where like, I think horror movies are always... It's one of my favorite parts about horror movies is when somebody makes a ludicrous choice. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like it's the, uh, uh, I remember in Freddy versus Jason, it's like, the only way we're going to stop Freddy is by beating him in his world. Mm-hmm. And then they go to sleep. Yep. And it's like, that's an insane choice. Yeah, you have no idea <laughs> that's going to work. Like, it's just because it's been written in the script that you it will eventually work. But no, that yeah. would not be your choice otherwise. <laughs> I love Mika's insane choice to just be like, well, I'm going to fight the demon. He's like taunting it. (laughs) He thinks he's better. Like, so first when it starts, he's like interested and is like, man, I want to get this on camera. Wouldn't it be cool to get this on camera? And she's like, no, it's Mm -hmm. scary. It's been like taunting me for years. I hate it. And he's like, but it would be really cool, though. This is fun. Um, I like that Uh I'm getting this on camera and that I am doing this thing, even if it makes you uncomfortable. And it just keeps escalating to the point where then, yeah, he's, like, taunting it and yelling at it and being like, man, you've been gone for, like, a week. Can't do anything, huh? That's weak sauce. Come fight me, <laughs> demon. I'm stronger than you are. Um, which is just ridiculous. He is not stronger yeah, than Yeah, he can't even <laughs> like, touch it. And then it comes to the point, too, where he's, like, she says she wants to leave uh, before she's kind of, like, taken over and possessed. She's like, we need to leave. Like, this is bad. This is scary. I hate it. I'm uncomfortable. I am... Scared mm-hmm. to live in my own house. Please, let's leave. And he's like, no, I'm not going to let this demon show me up. I'm not going to let him make me afraid of my own home and, like, scare my girlfriend. So he's, like, not yeah. even listening to what she's saying. He's just, like, thinking about himself and how much he needs to control mm-hmm. the situation and how much he needs to, like, prove himself and how manly he is because he's the coolest dude, bro, over this demon. It's uh, Absolutely. pathetic. Yeah. And, and, it- and he's doing that from the beginning of oh, this yeah. movie, like in subtle ways. Yeah, like it starts filled, subtle. Like, the very first interaction they have mm-hmm. is like, hey, kiss the camera. She's like, I'm not going to kiss the camera. He's like, just kiss the camera. She's like, I'll kiss you, but I won't kiss the camera. Like yeah. he's, he's hearing, they're like at cross, just slightly cross purposes that become more and more cross as the movie goes Yeah, on. like he he's just thinking about himself this whole time. Because if your girlfriend told you, hey, I've been traumatized by this thing as a child, and his choice is not to be empathetic and be like, okay, well, how can I help you with mm-hmm. this? No, his choice is, how can I exploit this and find this interesting for me? And I'm not even going to listen to what she's saying. Like, it's fun for me to record this. It's fun for me to taunt mm-hmm. this thing. It's fun for me to buy a Ouija board, even though she's terrified of it. It's fun for me to not listen to the psychic who says, recording it and talking to it like this is going to egg it on and give it more power <laughs> and make it want to attack you. You know, I'm not going to listen yeah. to that guy because I'm smarter than that guy. And he's not legit, even though you now believe the demon is real. So shouldn't you think this other guy is real? It's just one of my very favorite ridiculous. lines from him that like is the the pinnacle of this to me is when Katie is talking about, like, let's just call the demonologist. Yeah. 
he says, no, no, no. Bringing in an exorcist just makes things worse. Like, what? It's what do you so know? It's so funny to me as though he, like, has experience yeah. with exorcists. He's like, no, no, no. When my family brought in an exorcist, that's when my parents finally got divorced. It's just another way for him to exert control to, like, not do the thing that she wants to do that would make her right. more comfortable, you know? And that's that's something that was bothering me even at the beginning when she's like, hey, can you take this seriously? Yeah. He still doesn't. Yeah. And it's even, like... That's kind of what being in a relationship is, whether or not you believe in demonology or not. If it's like clearly affecting your partner, then it's time to wind yes, it back and yes. just be like, okay, this is real to you and therefore it's yeah, real. Like, exactly. Be a good person. Yeah, he's, a, he's not. He's a terrible uh, boyfriend. But like, he, they do a very good job at showing that. Like, he perfectly nails yeah. that kind of personality uh, type. Like, no, I would, I would argue, like, I said he's the villain of the piece. I think he's a very fun villain. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the only villain you actually see, too. Like, the demon is this amorphous mm-hmm. idea, you know. It isn't until later movies that, like, they're like, okay, we should elaborate on this demon, huh? Let's do it. We, what else do we oh, have to... Do we- I almost don't want to elaborate on the demon. Like, I like the idea of the demon being, like, just a force of nature. I mean, that would be more interesting, but it is, no, it's connected to, like, this whole cult thing. And one of the movies actually goes back Mm. to uh, the girls as uh, kids. So it's, like, set in the 80s. So you get to see, like, what happened initially when they were younger um, and what happened with that. And I think one of the sequels also shows the sister. So the sister... Because you know that Katie has a sister. They they establish oh, her. Oh, right. Her sister is also going through things. And That's how much cool. do you care about spoilers at all? Uh, yeah, don't okay. tell me. I think I am going to watch they, these. I, I, I like They tie them in together. So there's like three of them total that feel like they're cohesive and it felt like there was a reason to do it. Because it's like one is the prequel that shows you the thing. One is showing the sister's mm-hmm. house and it ties into also Katie's house. Um, and then after that, they just mm. kind of do whatever to the point where, like, the most recent tie-in was just, like, a different movie that they put Paranormal Activity on to try and boost numbers. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of where that's it cool. becomes eventually. Um, okay. One of them also is like, hey, we watch Chronicle. Chronicle was cool. Let's make it about kids having superpowers for a bit. Oh. Um, which right. is also a different random one. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, also, I would argue that's an established horror trope. We saw it in Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, yep, uh-huh. where what if the kids become supernatural juggernauts? Yep. <laughs> Roxy, taking just this movie into account, I know you've seen the other ones. Do you have any thoughts on like what the demon's motivations could have been just from the information in, in this first I one? I mean, it seems to be about like control and ultimately possession. Like he, it wants to... Mm obtain katie which very similar to like the exorcist or something it's probably something like that where it's just corruption of the human form or to you know exact some other purpose maybe it just wants to kill as many people as it can before you know katie the body is uh hosting gets killed (laughs) so it could just be trying to cause chaos but the fact that it stalks her pursues her and then terrorizes her Because it could just be, like, it's gaining more power in order to ultimately possess her, so that's why it's scaring her. Mm. Um, But it also just seems like that's kind of its deal, because it could have tried to step that up years ago, but it chose not to do that until now. Um, So it feels very much just like it has power over her to make her feel fear, and it seems to like that. Uh, I I do do really quick want to say, like, I like this little hint they dropped at the beginning that this creature feeds on negative mm-hmm. energy. So as her relationship with Mika has gotten progressively <gasps> oh, worse, point. that is what inspired that that's guy. That's a good point. Um, but when they found the picture up in the attic, uh-huh. I was like, 
oh, is this demon in love with her? Yeah. Like, that almost felt like a childhood, like, like your crush from childhood who, like, never got yeah, over you. Yeah, it's definitely got that vibe, too. It wants to possess her. Uh, it, it wants to own her. <laughs> I don't think it would be a romantic yeah. sort of way, but there are plenty of toxic relationships that kind of break down to that dynamic mm-hmm. where you just want to possess that person and control them. Um, yeah. So I get why you get that vibe. Which <laughs> kind of brings us, Roxy, to the big idea of the movie. What what deep human fear would you say this movie is poking at? Um, So I'd say a lot of it is embodied by Mika's arrogance, like getting mm-hmm. himself... And his girlfriend, ultimately, like, possessed, I guess she's not killed, gets him killed and leaves her in a really bad way. And his Mm -hmm. arrogance also just stems from, like, messing things with, messing with things he doesn't understand and not thinking about how that could have consequences. Like, his selfish desire is what this whole movie is about, what kicks it off, what is the impetus for anything happening. So I think it's sort of a cautionary tale to be like, maybe, maybe don't do that. Maybe don't do, be a douchebag. Maybe Think about yeah. other people a little bit more, um, or at the very least, don't involve other people in your arrogance. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> That's pretty close to what I was thinking, too. The way I kind of framed it up was like, it's about being in a relationship that doesn't help you grow, mm. but instead makes your problems yeah. worse. Like, Mika made things worse for Truly. Katie consistently. And that is how a lot of relationships work. Like, it's very frightening God, to they're me even to be, engaged, like, to too. wake up It's one not day. that they're just dating. They're engaged yeah. at this point, And they've been living together for, like, three years. Right. They are w- within each other's lives. And to me, that specific idea is very terrifying to wake up three years into a relationship and being like, oh, you're making things harder. Yeah. That's really the fear. Uh, that's, yeah, that's not what you want your life to be. <laughs> because early on, I was like, oh, we're getting a childhood trauma metaphor oh, again. Oh, okay. But it kind of evolves past yeah. that. It's like, it, I would argue that it's like something horrifying that happened to her in her childhood that is being exacerbated by yeah, her because relationship if he, instead of Yeah, if he had chosen to be empathetic about it and like actually help her with it instead of egging this on and like not taking it seriously, like it would have been a very different movie. It would not be this movie, you know? And again, like you yeah. brought up that point. I didn't even think about that, that since it feeds on negative energy, even if she's not like articulating that to him in so many words, she's probably thinking that and feeling that and probably has been for years. Mm-hmm. So that might be why it's escalating. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> Roxy, are you excited for the very first time to utilize our new Scary Basement rating system? Oh, okay. Roxy, we give every movie between one and five thumbs up. And since we have a big box of severed hands, we can do more than two thumbs That's up. True. So I'll, t- I'll tell you my rating first. Okay. Um, I am giving this movie four thumbs up. So two of my own thumbs and two severed thumbs up. Two of your own thumbs and four because severed. Wait, okay. Hang on. Total of how many? Four, four thumbs, thumbs up. up total. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> two me, two okay. severed. Uh, because listen, I think this movie is great. I think it's very fun. I like these characters. I like their relationship. Like in terms of like uh, an interesting, well-observed depiction of a relationship. I didn't I couldn't get to five thumbs up because a lot of these beats feel repetitive. Yeah. It feels like they kind of hit the same beat a couple of times in Yeah, a row. Like, like I get they're trying to escalate it, but you don't need to escalate it that many times in such minute ways. Yeah. And yeah, they're like they're like little half steps to escalations. Yeah. So there were a couple of times when I was like checking my watch, I was like, all right, how much more paranormal uh-huh. activity <laughs> do we have? How many thumbs up do you give it? So I, two out of five, Mikey, so kind of close to yours, but I'd say it's mostly because 
like it's product of its time. It was mm. scary when it was hyped up with the media around it, like the the social media way they were marketing it. But then even then, I felt let down when I finally watched it. Mm-hmm. And since it became such a like influential landmark film, it's been reiterated on so many times. So like, it would definitely have the most kind of staying power when it came out. But definitely watching it now, like several times over in the year 2022, it's just it's it's not doing it for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's why I don't even have to use any of the severed thumbs in the severed thumb basket. I can just use my own two thumbs. So your, your regular two, two thumbs. Two out of five. Which honestly sounds about right. The fact that I'm on my first viewing picking up like this is kind of a little yeah. boring in parts. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. So you're saying two thumbs up. I'm saying four thumbs up. That's the movie. All right. That's <laughs> averages out to about a three thumbs, which honestly sounds yeah, about right. Truly. Yeah. Roxy, do you have a question for me? Yes, I do. So this movie is centered around spooky occurrences in everyday life so i wanted to ask Mm. you what was the scariest real life ghost type thing you've ever experienced i i feel so confident i've talked about this on the podcast before but i don't remember if i have and i want to get it on the record because it's a very scary thing my stepdad passed away when i was in my senior year of college and i had a dream a couple weeks after he passed away that he was in our kitchen and he was sobbing And I was holding something in my hands. Okay. And I knew just instinctively in this dream that if I looked at what I had in my hands, I would wake up. But it was just like so vivid and so real. And I could tell it was like beyond a normal dream. Okay. And I had this chance to communicate with him for a minute. I don't remember what we said. But when he finally like he was he was crying so hard that he like put his face in his hands. I thought, okay, now's my chance to just sneak a little look at what's in my hand. Okay. And so I opened up my folded hands and inside was a wedding ring. And then I started to wake a up. A wedding ring. And the next day, Something. I called my mom and told her, like, I just had this dream. And she said, oh, my God, just yesterday I was thinking about what to do with his ring. And I was going to, you know, pawn it. <laughs> my mom wasn't super sentimental okay. about things. She's like, or have it melted down and make it into something. But then she thought... No, maybe I should save it for Mikey. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I had this dream. Wow. Huh? Man. So something being communicated from beyond about this ring, something important. Yeah. Do you think he wanted you to have it? I I guess so. I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what became of this. Did you just ring, tell your mom? So. Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. You go ahead. I don't uh-huh. need it. I'm set on rings. And then I put the ring pop I was wearing in my mouth and walked out of her apartment. What was your real life ghost experience? So when I was a kid, there's a TV downstairs that would sometimes turn off and on, on its own. Like there would be no one in the room, no one messing with the remote or anything. It would just turn on uh, mysteriously. So you just hear like static coming from downstairs and be like, okay, I'll turn it off. To the point that, like, eventually we'd just be like, come on, like, I was in the middle of something. Like, do you really need to do this? Where we would, like, jokingly talk about, oh, I bet a ghost is turning it on, huh? Uh, It's probably just bad wires, though, right? But it would be, like, cold (laughs) in that room, which is a basement room. So, of course, it would be cold in Alaska. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) I remember as a kid, we used a Ouija board. Actually, there was, like, a period of time when me and my friends would use a Ouija board to try and, like, talk to spirits and stuff. You know, you got a little plastic planchette, little cardboard fold-out of, I almost said Fisher-Price, I think it's Mattel. 
who made or Milton Bradley, whatever. It's like you make these things in a factory. It is not a <laughs> spiritual <laughs> object. But so we use it and it, your hands would move. It would feel like you were communicating with something. Hmm. So whether it was a real ghost in the basement who liked to turn on the TV who was communicating to me or it's like the uh, ideomotor effect happening and us thinking we were uh, talking to a ghost and we're really just uh, having a collective fiction we're making up. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'll never know. But uh, that that's probably the closest thing I could ever say I've had to a Ouija board yeah. or Ouija board a ghost experience. You know, Roxy, I'm actually realizing I've never used a Ouija board in real life, but I know I just saw one in the scary basement. What do we say we summon something up right now? Okay, this could be fun, but uh, be careful, okay? No promises. Here we go. Oh, great beyond, are there any beings waiting beyond the veil? Look, Mikey, it's moving. Yeah, it's pointing at... Yes. Okay, um, are you an evil demon? It's moving again. No. A vengeful spirit, maybe. No. Huh. Well, then, what are you? Okay, it's spelling out a commercial refrigerator and HVAC technician for Silver State Refrigeration in Fullerton, California. What? Hmm. That's a pretty dull job. Almost disappointing. I was honestly hoping to talk to something extra evil. Yeah, like a Cthulhu. You know, there's really no reason to assume Ouija boards only summon in evil beings. Yeah, I mean, I guess regular people pass on too, and they can use Ouija boards just as much as a Cthulhu can. Oh, spirit of the HVAC repairman, do you have a message you wish to deliver to the world of the living? Okay, he's replying. Uh, not really. Huh? Hmm. But the, uh, it's kind of a dull response. Did you maybe leave behind a loved one? Because here's the thing I know, Roxy. All ghosts are either vengeful and scary, or they left behind a loved one that they're sad about. That's a good point. Why else would they be, like, hanging around, right? Okay, mm-hmm. let's see. He says, yeah. That's um, it? Th- That's it? Okay. Uh, Oh, spirit, what do you want us to tell her? All right, here it goes. Yes. My wife. Tell her. Tell her what? Tell her what? Tell her. I liked her. Fine. Are you kidding? This guy can't even muster a strong opinion about his wife. If you're going to be a ghost, at least give us an epic love story. All right, spirit. I don't need you to be scary, but can you at least have an interesting take? Like, do you have a favorite movie? Okay, he's spelling out. I don't know. Pretty much any Batman. Any Batman? Any Batman? All the Batmans are very different. That just means he has no opinion at all. He just thinks Batman is cool. Which, like, we all do. What a dull opinion. Oh my god, Mikey, everything's shaking. What's going on? Spirit, how did we make you angry? Okay, it's moving. It says, that was just gas. Excuse me. Ghosts can have gas and it's an earthquake, Mikey. What What is this new ghost lore? Spirit, why'd you even answer our Ouija call if you didn't have anything to say? Okay, he says, unfinished business. Okay, yes, here we go. Something cool. This has got to be something, Mikey. Please just tell me it's something. All right, Spirit, what is your unfinished business? Okay, he says, I use a non-standard condenser motor in an HVAC system. Okay, okay, so we've got a mistake that he made in life. 
Spirit, the family whose home you installed this motor in, are they in danger? That's a good question. Yeah, it must be, right? Okay, he says, not really. Uh. He took the time to spell out not really on a Ouija board. Spirit, just point to no. Okay, he's got a reply to that, apparently. A no feels too confident. Okay, well, so what happens if they don't replace the motor then? says the system may not cool as efficiently as it could i hate this spirit me too he is so dull hey spirit guess what we're throwing this ouija board in the fire what do you think about that huh sounds good folks oh he doesn't even care if he gets thrown into the fire all right so ouija board bit of a bust roxy yeah i mean I guess maybe we should be thankful that we didn't communicate with, like, a prince of hell or something who was going to try and possess our bodies. We've already got enough demons to deal with up here, but uh, I still got to say that was pretty pretty big letdown. <laughs> Not ideal. Roxy, let's get back into paranormal activity. On a scale of 1 to 9, because the number 10 does not exist in the scary basement, how likely do you think the events of this movie are to happen in real life? So I said an 8 out of 9. <laughs> Okay. Because I said I said nine out of yeah, nine. Yeah. So I think we're in yeah, the same the area. The only reason why it's not nine out of nine is because there's a demon involved. So the reason why it's an eight out of nine and why it was almost mm. a nine out of nine is because some dude bro needs to prove to himself and everyone around him that he's a big, strong man, uh, and just being mm-hmm. a douchebag, selfish douchebag, and it backfires on him big uh-huh. time. That shit happens every day. <laughs> unfortunately so normally th- those dudes don't get their comeuppance with a demon uh taking vengeance oh, on them sure. so you know just eight out of nine for me yeah usually they become ceos of fortune 500 companies yeah unfortunately yeah i get it but, that does make me want to adjust mine but again true my criteria for this for this like how likely is it to happen in real life one unusual thing yeah we don't understand how demons in hell work of course that could happen mm, uh, bad relationship check cowardly psychic very check that <laughs> felt very realistic to me that that guy walks into the house he's like uh i gotta go <laughs> yeah, <it is>. <laughs> <laughs> that is maybe the first character in a horror movie i've ever seen who responded correctly to the usually <laughs> stimuli yeah he was being presented honestly it's like oh this is scary goodbye forever yep. <laughs> he's gone Last week, we made a bet, Roxy. We sure did. This movie, I feel like, has been, uh, in my head at least, was hyped on jump scares. And I am notoriously a jumpy boy. Mm -hmm. We asked how many jump scares we thought would have. I said five. I said three, because having seen this movie, I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Woody? So what what was the answer? We didn't talk about this beforehand, so I'm intrigued to find out. Roxy, we split it. The answer was four. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. We got another Um, try. I wrote them down, and one was like a completely not scary thing, jump scare, but there was one point where they went right from night to day, Uh and it was just like bright light, and I went, oh, Oh. so that got me, but then- (laughs) Yeah, what are the other three times then? Yeah, uh, when the body got thrown into the camera. Okay. When the the body was thrown into the camera, when her face becomes a demon, those were two jump scares back to back. Okay, yeah. And then, I I believe it's the last night when a door slammed shut, that Mm. really caught me. Okay, I can see that. So I had four jump scares, which means- we get a tie. All right. Tie, which is a third. That brings the total. Sorry. Yep. The total bet score is Roxy 30, Mikey 24, tie three. All right. And Roxy, something happened 
at 30. It did. And now we got the thumbs up score system. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I'm just used to saying it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's it's finally been answered. Now we know. <laughs> Look at who it is marching on over. The old demon bot. Congratulations, Mikey and Roxy. You have successfully reviewed Paranormal Activity. Your souls are safe for another week. For next week, you must watch the newest entry in the Halloween franchise, Halloween Ends. Which will definitely and for sure be the last Halloween movie ever made. Okay, Roxy, so we are watching Halloween Ends for next week. Uh Uh-huh, we sure are. I'm excited. I love Halloween 1, and I... Even even more so. No, not even no, more you so. Didn't. Slightly less. <laughs> okay. Slightly less. Slightly less, but still very much loved Halloween Kills. I hated Halloween Kills, but the first one was like all right enough where maybe the third one will be okay. I don't know. This will be the rubber match. I'm 50-50 on it. Probably more or less. I'm more 45-55 thinking it's going to be bad, but I would love to be proven wrong. I would love to love this movie. So we will find out next week, I guess. We got to make a bet mm-hmm. for next week. And here's my proposal. Okay. Lori, the Halloween protagonist, is going to be in this movie, played again by Jamie Lee Curtis. This is Halloween Ends. My question for you, Roxy, will Lori survive this movie? Um, I think based on the arrogance of the previous movie, <laughs> I think these guys might be like, we're going to be the ones to finally kill off Lori. That's, we're going to mm. be cool, cool writer dudes, and we're going to do that. So I'm going to say, no, Lori is not going to survive. Okay. I'm going to say yes. I think if this movie has been about overcoming trauma, this will be about Lori finally taking the step forward and living a normal life at age 67 or whatever she is. I would argue the movie isn't even trying, or the series, or these these new movies are not even trying to do that. But I would love for you to be right and for her to not die because I do like Lori <laughs> and I like Jamie Lee Curtis getting paychecks for these. Um, so that'd be great if she does survive. I'm feeling good about her. All right. Now, Roxy, we've been talking about a lot of scary things. Haunted demons, Ouija boards, bad boyfriends. Let's talk about something that's making us happy. What's going on in your life that's putting a big old smile on your mug? So, Mikey, the thing that's making me happy this week um, are cheetahs. Uh, these, these big, big cats who like to run really fast. Did you know that they don't roar? They don't have the ability to roar. But they do... Meow like a little cute kitty, and they do purr Aww. like a little cute kitty, but they're these big, big kitties. Uh, <laughs> to the point where you can just pet them, they'll like rest their head on you, you can pet them, and they'll, they'll purr Aww. at you. They're just like a big house cat. They like to be these held are, and pet. These are what, big cheetahs? Yeah, cheetahs. So they're yeah. like big cats, they're Aww. big predators. But they're basically giant house cats. If they're, you know, <laughs> they don't have to go out and hunt for food. So I, I'm very happy to know that cheetahs act like this, and they're so cute. They have little tiny meows for how big their bodies are. And they're- Watching this makes me think of, like, the, uh, the like, big husky mobsters from Looney Tunes cartoons. But then when they talk, they're like, what do you want me to do, boss? <laughs> they have cute little voices in their big husky Luca Brasi-like bodies. Yeah, truly. Uh, so that's, that's a wonderful animal fact that I'm so glad I found out about this week. Uh, what's what's yeah, making this, you happy, Mikey? Roxy, this week, I went to Disneyland. Oh, that's right. One thing we got to talk about in Disneyland is that when you're a kid, it's very cool to see your costumed heroes in real life. Uh-huh. The thing that's made it better now as an adult is oh. they, first of all, added Marvel 
Oh, okay. So there's just like people without giant suits. So they just get to be in like costume instead. We watched Captain America walk around Avengers Town Square for like 15 minutes uh-huh. and just like sign autographs for little kids. Like a little kid came up who was also dressed as Captain America who had a little plastic shield. So they got to bump shields. That's really cute. It was the cute. cutest little thing I ever saw. That's so cute. We also saw a fucked up looking Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland, and that sucked. Oh, like from the Tim Burton ones or the animated no, movie? from the animated ones. It was like an old shitty costume. It was real weird and bad. Oh, no. Yeah, that's <laughs> scary. That She's never going to be anybody's favorite. Why would you bring that? I know. I don't know why she was still in rotation. It was very funny. But uh, Captain America was more than sweet enough to uh, make me... A bubble on the inside that's so cute and i love that yeah. for children who get to go to the parks now they get to have that and hold that memory hold that hold uh, on to that signature the time they met captain america and he was real he was real they get to believe in magic mikey roxy it's time now for haunted plugs where can people find you on the internet so i'm on twitter as red mage roxy i am also on twitch as red mage roxy mm. i am on twitter at secret blimp and you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash secretblimp. I'm streaming Mondays and Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Also, make sure that you give us five stars. Five scary stars. On your favorite podcast app. Or maybe you'd leave a review. That would be nice. And finally, remember to share. And scare. This scary podcast with your friends. And as always, don't sign any contracts offered to you by demon robots. See you next week. Thank you.